Hello everyone, this is Stephanie Engels and welcome to I Swear to Pod, uh, my podcast that I created, sort of a little bit of a labor of love. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope uh, all of you find some value in uh, what I have to share. I, you know, hope to keep things sort of informative, uh, humorous, and uh, short and sweet. Uh, Huge thank you to everyone um, who has uh, downloaded and subscribed. You can find this podcast on Apple iPod or Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and some other random places I've never heard of. But uh, you can also find it on my Facebook page um, and through Squadcast, which is actually where I host. So if you find me on Facebook, you can go to my Squadcast and and check me out there. Uh, secondly, um, thank you, huge thank you to everyone who has reached out and encouraged me after my last podcast. Uh, got some really great feedback, really sweet um, encouragement just really want to say thank you to everyone who took the time to do that. I know we all have very busy existences. Um, And then my last shout out is to those of you who noticed that I'm actually a week behind in posting this uh, podcast. I actually had to travel and could not travel with my recording equipment. So uh, was a little delayed in actually sitting down in a quiet space with my fancy microphone and uh, getting this all recorded in a way that sounded nicer than just my computer audio. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for your concern. Even just realizing that some of you uh, had noticed that I had not posted uh, when I had said I would. Um was a huge encouragement to me. So uh, one of the things that I sort of want to dive into, and I've alluded to this before, uh, one of the things that I hope to tackle with this podcast is um, addressing this just enormous divide in this country, right? Um, Any of you who listened to the last podcast know kind of what the inspiration is and and how I, I really don't mind sitting in conflicts uh, with people, especially people I know, to be good people. Um, so I just kind of wanted to dive into a little bit of um, one of the reasons. It just seems so obvious to me. So you're going to get a little glimpse into sort of the hell that is my mindset, my brain. Um, welcome to the fifth circle of hell. Uh, stuff like this just sort of I don't know. I I see it. It seems to make sense to me. So I I just want to share it. One of the things that has seemed very evident to me for 25 years or more, um, totally amplified in the last uh, few years for sure, is that uh, one of the reasons that the country is so divided has a lot to do with the media. And I know that's sort of been a, a chant or a buzz phrase of late, uh, you know, enemy of the state, fake news, um, all of these things. But I, I kind of want to put that um, more recent um, sort of 
buzz phrasing aside, and I actually want to talk a little bit about the history of media in particular, um, and we're not going to talk about social media. That's going to be a completely different uh, podcast, but I really want to go back to the basics of uh, broadcast media, Um, brief history. I know that sounds boring as fuck. Um, It will be real quick, I promise. Um, sort of the rise of talk radio and the rise of cable news. And that's kind of where I just, I want to, I want to sort of pause, turn around, look back, um, sort of at the last 30 years of, of broadcasting, uh, talk radio and cable news. So, uh, brief, I promise, uh, back in the day, TV, radio, you had your major broadcasting networks. And if you lived in a rural area, you could not access them. Everything was done via antenna. So if you didn't live in a larger city, um, you had no access. Cable news actually started out as community antenna television. And that basically was a few people around the country started erecting these gigantic antennas so that they could pirate. And I use the word pirate because that's essentially how the major broadcasting networks felt at the time. Um, the, the, the news that they were broadcasting and, and distribute it to sort of more rural communities. Um, the broadcast networks were actually not that happy about it. And, um, the thing about cable news at that time is they did not create any of their own content. So, um, back when you had cable news, there was this thing called the fairness doctrine, Right. So back in the day, in order to have uh, an FCC license, you had to and I'm, I'm going to read this to you. This is uh, an actual quote. It was designed to minimize restrictions on free speech due to limited access to stations. One of the caveats was that you had to devote reasonable attention to coverage of controversial issues of public importance in particular and provide reasonable opportunities for opposing sides. So the Fairness Doctrine basically said, if you're going to address anything that's of public importance, you need to present both sides of the story. So keep in mind, again, this is your local news, right? You would have this is, uh, you know, what happened today in a foreign country, and uh, here's how it impacts the U.S. And then someone else actually had to be given a reasonable amount of time to present an opposing viewpoint. So basically your local um, radio and TV news was, for lack of a better word, balanced. So you could listen to it. You could decide for yourself how you felt Um, In 1987, Ronald Reagan uh, was big into deregulation. And so one of the things that he did away with was the Fairness Doctrine. Um, So the FCC no longer uh, policed that. That was nothing that any of the um, networks had to do anymore was present both sides of any story. Now, uh, many will disagree with me, um, but if you've ever had a couple of drinks with me and, and listened to me go on a rant. Um, I know some of you are rolling your eyes right now. Um, you have heard me say 
ad nauseum that I do not think in terms of history that it's a coincidence that in 1987 that was repealed and in 1988 Rush Limbaugh launched his radio talk show which would go on to become the most popular talk show in the country. Um, Very conservative, very biased, and unapologetically so. Um, Very, very popular. I, when I say that I talk about this from a a personal standpoint, and I think I alluded this, uh, alluded to this in my intro, um, this comes from personal experience. There are actually people that I grew up with that I knew very well, knew, loved, so much in common, spent so much time with. I remember in our early 20s them loving Rush Limbaugh, and I I just didn't ever gravitate towards that train. It just was nothing that interested me. Um, I, you know, Howard Stern, similarly, uh, the shock jock, uh, that just wasn't really anything that I necessarily was all that interested in listening to. But Rush Limbaugh and his popularity soared. Um, So to segue just a little bit, um, for those of you, I've talked to tons of people who've been in the military. That's a whole other sort of series of of things I'm trying to organize some podcasts around. But um, there's a thing called the uh, American Forces Radio, well, I think it was Radio and TV Network. Um, now it's just called AFN. Um, I just I just want to segue for a, a brief moment. This is something that was created during World War II. And this was, um, it was done through the BBC in London. Basically, the BBC provided the United States with the equipment they needed to broadcast to the troops, um, Basically, what they decided to do was broadcast things that made them, like, reminded them of home. So it was sort of the most popular uh, radio shows, the most popular um, as TV, you know, came into the picture, um, the most popular TV shows. Uh, So it's, I find it fascinating that in the 90s, uh, Rush Limbaugh was the number one talk radio host. So his show was broadcast on the American Forces radio network. There was no competing uh, viewpoint. Um, And actually, a little sidebar, I think it was 2005, um, or 2004, legislation was introduced to try and remedy that, to try and offer some some balance. So again, keep in mind, you're talking 8990 to 2005, 2004, 2005. Uh, Rush Limbaugh had been the number one voice for the military all over the world, which, uh, again, in the 80s, uh, 18% of uh, Americans were serving in the military compared to 7% in 2018. So, um, again, a huge portion of the population now outside of the country is um, exposed to this very conservative viewpoint with zero contrasting um, viewpoints, and and that's kind of important. That's that's going to kind of come back to to basically um, part of what I think the issue is. So now you have uh, talk radio, you have the rise of cable news. Um, 
again, cable news started out as this unregulated thing. The FCC tried to regulate it. One of the first networks uh, to basically start using satellite and broadcasting um, HBO and the Turner Broadcasting Network, who obviously Ted Turner, the founder of CNN, um, and critics of uh, CNN initially in 1980 were like, it's sensationalized. And um, I wasn't watching it. Could be true. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so take I want you to take all this into account, this kind of shift, right, from a fair and balanced uh, news presentation, a fair and balanced to um, this sort of greater, more uh, narrow-focused, uh, sensationalized talk radio genre that's exploding. And this, again, I... 25 years ago, I expressed significant frustration that there wasn't a single voice, in my humble opinion, and if any of you have one that I missed, one that I you know, should have listened to, I would be happy to hear it. Um, there was not a single moderate voice because that did not sell ad time. That did not... That did not play. You could not be a moderate and get prime time radio or television time. It's just, it just, it didn't work. Um, the fascinating thing, I think, that runs parallel to this is sort of the rise of reality TV. So as some of you may remember, there were reality TV shows in the, in the 60s, 50s and 60s. Um, this is your life. Was it a reality TV show? But again, shiny, happy people going down memory lane. Um, a few dating shows. Uh, one of the most popular reality TV shows in history. Uh, in 1989, Cops launched. Um, and again, uh, to anyone who's ever watched it, right? Very sensationalized, right? You got to ride along with the cops and see the criminals and watch the shit go down. Um it was the number one show in the country, again, because there's this sort of uh, need to get out of the mundane into something. And, and we were used to, up until then, seeing fictional um, exaggerations of stuff. But now we were watching real people in real time do some crazy shit. Uh, a few years later, uh, those of you who are my age might remember The Real World on MTV, right? Seven housemates thrown in a house together. Um, let's see what happens. Um, you know, it was fascinating in the beginning and, uh, again, always drama. Um, I think when I talk about how this whole like media piece and, and sort of the end, the end process I want people to get to is I want you to think about it. These shows are produced and edited in a way that engages the consumer, right? Uh, there were no episodes of cops where they rolled up to the kids at the, you know, lemonade stand and then they got the community to come buy all the lemonade. Um, we developed this appeal for sort of the sensational and the dramatized. And I just, I, I really want that to be clear that to me it seems evident that these two things sort of the rise of talk radio 
and extremism in talk radio and cable news and sort of the need to consume this uh, reality TV craziness, they kind of ran hand in hand. Um, I think it's really important because, again, I believe that if you if you were to look back on this stuff a uh, hundred years from now, I think it would all be very evident. I think you could lay out the um, the end of the fairness doctrine, this shift from a very balanced presentation of the news to now it's you know every every man for his sensational self and whatever you can do to garner um, the attention of people. Um, you know, it just it just kept getting worse. And then, I mean, I've said this before. I know some of you will really rise again. Um, Fox News launched in the 90s. And um, again, I had exposure to this. I lived with someone who loved Bill O'Reilly. And I struggled to listen to it. I, I found him um, angry and everything was sensationalized. And it was, I found, I found it to be, um, just very icky. I didn't, I didn't like to listen to it. So, um, all this to say, basically, um, what I, what I'm hoping is that as we go forward, I think many of you who know me on Facebook, I'm a big advocate of fact-checking your sources, um, if you share anything from a news organization, there's actually a website that's media bias fact check, and it will just tell you flat out that this source is far right, far left. Um, you know, this percentage of accuracy, it can be trusted. It can't be trusted. I pretty much run everything through that filter. I also, I, I try to expose myself to as many diverse um, news sources as possible. I love um, PBS, NPR, uh, the AP, that's, um, the Associated Press is the world breaking news source. Um, far more objective, right? Because there's no, uh, ingrained political bias at all. Um, and I know some of you will say that I, I don't look at Fox news. I, I do. I often, one of my, uh, thoughts for this particular podcast is I was going to screenshot, a lot of the top news sources and read you the top 10 stories that were online. Um, you know what? I, what would be best is if you were to do that for yourself. So I implore you, if you could just take 10 minutes to Fox, uh, OAN, Newsmax, CNN, MSN, OAL, MSNBC, CNBC, whatever you want to do, um, just look at what uh, front and center, top 10 stories on each page and and see, try and look objectively at, at what the bent is um, on each on each show. And, and I would say also just check yourself. How do you feel after you listen to whatever source of news you listen to? How do you feel after you watch Tucker Carlson? Are you enlightened? Are you encouraged? Are you, do you feel more educated? Are you curious or are you angry? Um, start for your own mental health and for the, the health of our culture. This is seriously, um, the health of our culture 
is at risk here. Um, just process how it makes you feel, how, um, and, and I would love your feedback. So, um, please definitely, um, email me. You can, you can shoot me feedback at, uh, my email is S-W-E-N-G-E-L-S at gmail.com. Um, I would be curious to hear your thoughts on sort of media and, um, this historic, historical sort of look. And, um, you know, if there's anything I've missed, I'd, I'd be happy to hear about it. I am, um, open to, again, the whole purpose of this is to have some dialogue and try and bridge this crazy gap uh, between the us versus them uh, mentality and and where we've kind of landed. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I greatly appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining me in my headspace. Um, again, I'm Stephanie Engels, and if you stick with me, I swear to pod, we're going to have some fun. Thanks. <laughs>